Hey guys, what is happening? I'm still not ready to do a queen deep dive. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about something else today. I'm not ready to kick off side two of News of the World yet. Uh... It's a very important song to cover. I feel like I'm going to touch different things when I talk about it because I won't say it's controversial, but it definitely makes a strong statement. I love it, but I I think the subject matter sometimes is a target for some. So I, I want to make sure I cover all of that. And there's a lot of uniqueness in the song's composition and the structure itself. So yeah, there's a lot to cover. I'm not ready. I, yeah, I'm not ready. <laughs> so what can I talk about today? I, I'll be honest. I, I'm not even, I initially wasn't even motivated to do this, but I've committed to doing podcast episodes at least twice a week, if not more. So I want to talk about something. And I have this long list of things I want to cover. A lot of it has to do with trust and security and technology and things like that. And something I've been eyeing for a little while, but I just haven't got around to, is this whole thing about feeling outside, completely outside of everything and how that connects to things like the online world, digital media, social media, etc. Feeling alienated, I guess, is, is what I'm getting at here. And I've talked about this a few times. I've talked about the negative influence of social media and what it can do, what it unfortunately can do. I've talked about positive things too, and how you can hopefully use it in a productive and inspiring way, but there's still this undercurrent of negativity and influence that permeates everything. And I, I want to talk about this because I felt this a lot. And part of this is I've sort of brought it on myself. And I, I want to talk about that, how I started doing that to myself without realizing it, and and that I've now recognized why. And if perhaps you've felt the same way, maybe this is part of the reason. So I have got to stop saying so, so much. <laughs> I was listening to <laughs> I was listening to a snippet of a previous episode and I was thinking, gosh, I say so a lot. Anyway, I will try to cut back on some of these words. I literally have a plan to do a whole episode about words that I overuse. Yeah. So that's something else I can talk about, but not today. Anyway, where was I? Uh, See, this is why I lead in with words, because I think they help me stay focused, honestly. It's just a habit. But I got to figure out another way to do that. Okay, so, so, (laughs) so, my, uh, what I've done in the last few years that I think has contributed to this feeling of alienation, first of all, Yes, I I feel very disconnected outside of what's going on online, very much so. And part of that is my own making. I have subconsciously pulled way back on anything I share. If it's related to my podcast, it's fair game. If it's related to my music, 
Absolutely. If it's related to something that has to do with my health that I feel is inspiring or encouraging or educational, yes. But anything else is really off limits these days. I don't even talk or share things about... I think the only illusion I made to moving was a podcast episode. (laughs) I didn't announce it to everyone. You know how some people get like a new house or they go somewhere different, they move, they announce it to everybody. They share pictures, they they talk all about it. I'm that is not me. I'm I'm like, okay, if if you're gonna find out about it, it's gonna be a little side thing because I share something else. But I have pulled way back on those reins. And part of it was this conscious effort to to isolate myself from a lot of the negativity that was happening, especially last year. I wanted to pull away from it. And really, it's been getting worse and worse the last few years anyway. So I've turned away from it consciously. But in the process, I've also subconsciously stopped sharing things as much. I get questions from people sometimes. Well, why don't you share more about this? Well, maybe I don't want to. Maybe I feel like it's a little bit too much. I know I can choose people to share certain things with, of course, but I don't even do that. I'm extremely protective about certain parts of my life. I compartmentalize. So so anyway, I have pulled way back on all that. But because I've done that and because I've buckled down on privacy settings, security settings, I don't even log in to sites using social logins. You guys still do that where you have the option to use Google or Facebook and you can log in. I stopped doing that a long time ago. I didn't like that. I thought, you know, doing that lets that platform know where you are and what you're doing, et cetera. And the truth is, I know, I know that there are so many ways for these big entities to track you and see what you're doing. I know that. I know that because... I work in marketing, but I'm also fascinated by the tech world. So I understand, okay, this is how advertising works, retargeting. It's all about tracking cookies. And okay, someone visits our website. Where else are they going? What are they doing? What are they looking at? What are they buying? What websites are they on? It's really kind of scary (laughs) when you start to dig into those things, which is why there's been a lot of talk recently about what advertisers are going to do when these these privacy issues start to become more and more and more of a concern. I know some people have completely given up and thought, okay, I'm, this is ingrained in my life, this technology, Facebook, Google, Alexa, et cetera. I'm just going to roll with it because it's convenient. A lot of people will trade the privacy for the convenience. I was one of those people. I was totally all about Google up until when was that? Last year. It was sometime last year. And I, I just thought to myself, I'm kind of done. I don't want to do this anymore. I, I don't like the idea of all of my stuff, emails, documents, everything sitting in this place where God knows who can see it and where it's going. And the truth is anything can be like that. But there are entities I would at this point trust more than Google or other big name corporations like that, that have all this power, right? Because information is power. The internet is power. This is why it's so dangerous. 
This is why it's so difficult these days to be anywhere and feel like you can be safe, you're not going to be spied on digitally, etc. The internet is power, and too many people know that, and too many people take advantage of it. I digress a little bit about that, not really, but long story short, I pulled away, I pulled completely away from Google, almost completely away. There's actually a thing or two I'm still working on. Part of that is the fact that I still have an Android phone and I have yet to replace it. But as soon as I've done that, you better believe I'm going to be pulling even more stuff away from Google. But yeah, I, I, I've been extremely, I've become extremely protective of myself and the people in my life, et cetera. So I've stopped using certain platforms, posting to certain platforms and more. But in the process of doing that, because I, I started doing it to protect myself, right? But what happens is you start to feel kind of alienated. And this is a byproduct of so much of our lives being online, right? We, we are so out of touch with real life, right? Is this the real life? <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Seriously. Rhetorical question? Maybe Freddie Mercury is a genius. Is this the real life anymore? No, it's not. We are so online all the time. And yes, we kind of had to be last year. That was the only way we could really keep in touch with people, save the actual phone call, which nobody does anymore, which I cherish, by the way. I've never been much for talking on the phone. Even when I was a teenager, I was that weird girl that didn't like talking on the phone. And my reason for it, and still is, this is still my reason for being a little hesitant about being on the phone. I can't read people on the phone. I can't see your face. I have no idea what you're really thinking or what your sentiment around what I just said really is. And that's still true in person, I suppose. But to a certain extent, you can get a lot more reading someone's body language or their face in person. When you talk to someone on the phone, all of that is gone. So I was always nervous when I was a teenager. Well, I can't see this person. I would get so shy and nervous. I didn't want to talk on the phone. But where was I going with this? Um, talking on the phone, privacy, you guys. I totally just lost my train of thought. This is why I don't like doing things totally on the fly sometimes. And I'm literally just talking about this stuff as I think of it. But, ah, uh, yes. It was, about, it was about last year and how we were staying connected online. That was how we did it. Everybody did things online. They went to church online. Everybody was connected to each other that way. So it became this absolute necessity to be online and to talk to people in that arena. But I actually, I didn't really use it any more than I, I was before. I, I, I was not compelled to start using social media more or any kind of digital channels more, really. I suppose at first I was looking things up more, but I wasn't interacting more. But anyway, because so much of our lives is, are online, when we're not connected to social or we see things on social that simply confuse us and don't make sense to us and kind of make us a little bit discouraged and depressed about things, I think it makes us feel that much more farther that much further away from everybody. And what I'm really getting at here is my own experience with platforms that are extremely trend heavy and require your using them to refine your user experience. TikTok is a perfect example of this. I've had a lot of questions thrown at me about TikTok and, and 
what it really is and should we be concerned about privacy and what's being seen. I got news for you. Every single social platform has an algorithm that is calculating how you're using it. TikTok is not the exception. It is just like the others. It might work a little differently. And it might even it might be even better about predicting what you like. This is why TikTok is so addicting. It literally takes a very short amount of time for you to use TikTok for it to refine the feed. So pretty soon you're seeing things that appeal to you a lot. I don't use TikTok much. I use it because I am curious about it. And every once in a great while, I feel compelled to share something that has to do with music or my podcast or whatever. And sometimes it does happen on the fly and it's fun and whatever, but I'm not in it very much. Another reason is because my phone is so old, I can barely use TikTok. But that's another story. I have the same problem with Instagram these days. Anyway, I don't use the app that much, but in the little amount of time I have, the app has figured out that I like scenic videos, and I like sunsets, and I like queen, and I like yellow. And I, it, it, there's, there's so many things about me that are not secretive. I mean, honestly, if someone wants to follow my whole life, they're not going to find a whole lot that's very interesting. But the point is, is there are elements of me and my, my personality and my likes and my loves that this app has quickly figured out this is what I want to see because it has to do with how long you linger on a video. You don't even have to like it. If you stop scrolling just long enough, the app's going to know that and it's going to learn very, very quickly. And this is how things become relevant to you and make you feel connected. Because when I first started using, when I first started looking at TikTok, you guys, I was depressed (laughs) because I was seeing things that didn't appeal to me, kind of offended me. And I thought, is this what the world is like? Is this really what people are doing? Is You know what I mean? I just, I didn't understand. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then slowly... I started to understand, oh, you got to use it. And that's when it becomes this magical thing that everybody falls in love with because it is customized just for you. That's why the feed that is open when you go into the TikTok app is not the following. It's not the people you follow. It's your for you feed, right? It's the stuff that you want to see. And so everybody spends an hour plus a day on this app excuse me, 30 minutes. I can't remember the stat I recently saw, but it it was an extensive amount of time just scrolling through this app. And this is how everything works. There was a time when social feeds were chronological, or you could at least force them to be chronological. And then because the sheer amount of people using them was so big, pretty soon they figured out, oh, well, we're going to prioritize things. Then it became about the advertisers. Do you guys remember before there were a ton of ads on Facebook? Because I do. I remember when I first started my music page and I had a lot more interaction on my page. Whenever I would post something, I had a lot more interest. And then after every algorithm update was released, I got less and less organic reach. And that's because it's designed that way because they want you to pay. It's all about the money right? It's all about the money. It's all about profit. If something doesn't start that way, even if the original motivation 
the initial spark was from someone who wanted to create something cool and different and interesting and fun for, in this case, college kids. Don't forget the Facebook was started as a way to connect with people at college, but even before that, it was a rating system for the girls. Remember, that's how the whole thing started. That is accurate in the movie, The Social Network. That whole thing, there's some liberties taken, of course, but the the drive for what this thing was is accurate when you see that. I haven't looked into things enough to know just how much of that film is factual versus exaggerated versus totally made up. But I do know that the original origin of, is that redundant? The origin of Facebook was entirely based around college and relationships and that sort of thing. It had nothing to do with advertising or money-making necessarily. It didn't become that until it became huge and big. Lots of people means lots of profit, right? It's a business thing. Now, I never studied economics. I'm not even that smart when it comes to business in general. I never understand when people start talking about boards and decision makers and who does what in some of these, but I don't understand it. And I'm quick to admit that because I don't want people to get the wrong idea that just because I work, you know, I've worked in business and I work in marketing and I understand all of that very well. And I understand the creative aspect of things and I'm very good at organizing. No, I do not understand business. I don't know how it works, but I do know that if there's an opportunity to make money, most people are going to be all over it. And I think I've been talking about the money-making portion of this for a while. My whole point with this is there's a lot of advertising happening out there, and that's probably going to start to change as more and more people become concerned about privacy and things start to shift. We've already, I already saw this thing that said that, what was it, Apple? When Apple gave people the option to opt out of tracking, And this might be a very vague statement, and I'm sorry, but I do remember reading this very recently, that something like 80% of everyone opted out. And I don't know if that was just a poll that was taken or, because again, I didn't read the article. I only saw this headline thing, but I thought that was very interesting regardless of where the data came from. That's a massive, a massively high percentage of people that are saying, no, I don't want you to track me. I don't want you to see what I'm doing, et cetera. It's huge. And I I think because of what has happened and this trust that has been so lost, I mean, how many many of you out there, raise your virtual hand, trust major businesses, entities way less than you did, say, two years ago? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've always been slow to trust. I've always been skittish, skeptical. But I've mentioned this already. I've reached a new level of disdain and generally not trusting people or large organizations as much as maybe I did in the past. And part of that is ignorance. But the point I'm trying to to get to stay on, and I've unfortunately veered far away from it, and I'm sorry, is that in the process of distancing myself from these, these platforms, I've 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 felt at times very, very alienated and outside of everything 
simply because I can't relate to what I'm seeing online. And this isn't just TikTok. That was just my one example of if you don't use it a lot, it's not going to make any sense to you at all. And it might even be offensive. It might even be confusing. But even the platforms that aren't like that as much, where you only see stuff from the people or the pages you follow, it's funny how every once in a great while I will peruse a little bit of feed on a platform I never really use anymore. And my first thought is, I just can't get into this. And I just don't understand the appeal for this. And I don't know why some are so compelled to share some of the things they share. And I have to remind myself, okay, for some people, this is the only way they connect with their families, their friends, and it's very important to them. And, and everybody's idea of oversharing is different than the next person. Everybody's idea of TMI is different than the next person. For example, I could sit here and talk to you about so many taboo subjects around bodily functions because I have an autoimmune disease. And it doesn't bother me because I'm, I'm used to being transparent and open with at least the people who are closest to me, my doctors, et cetera. I have to be. I have to be for my own health and understanding. But not everybody... <laughs> Right? Not everybody is like that. There are a lot of things that I could say very comfortably to most people that many people would completely pull away from and be offended by and go, oh my gosh, Charlie, major overshare. And I get it. So I'm always very careful around certain people with what I say. If someone tells me, hey, I'm curious, talk to me about it, then yes, I will. But what I'm getting at here is everybody's habits are different. Everybody's idea around these platforms is different. But sometimes I feel like I can't connect to the people because of it. It's not, this isn't about feeling alienated from the technology. This is about feeling alienated from the people who use it. And then I start to feel like I don't have anything in common with them. And then I start to feel like nobody understands me. Do you see where this is going? It's a snowball effect that doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes does. And it makes me feel so weird. <laughs> and... Again, like, like, like I don't matter in a way, I guess. And some of that, yeah, it goes back to me not being completely open. I mentioned a while back on my podcast in another episode that I was going to try to be more transparent about things. And I think what I've discovered is I can do that, but only, only in, in the ways that I feel comfortable. And part of that is this podcast or my music. I can do things with my music, the expression, the words, the, the, the sonic, the soundscapes themselves, guys, because what I'm doing with it is so emotionally motivated that I do feel naked sometimes when I share it with people. If, if I put my heart and soul into these creations and I put it out there, it's nerve wracking. I get, I get nervous. It's, it's an adrenaline rush when I release something to the public and I go, here it is. Here's my heart and soul. Please don't tear it up and spit it out. You know, that, that's how it feels. And I, I feel that way a little bit too. Yeah, when I talk about that stuff here. So that's why, yeah, there's certain channels or certain places where I'll never talk about those things because I, I simply am not comfortable doing it. But yeah, I suppose it just... So how do we... You guys know this. I, I, when I go through stuff like this on podcast episodes, I always like to close them out with an encouraging thing or some sort of call to action that's positive. And I guess my advice for someone, if you're like me and you 
you are consciously distancing yourself from a lot of social media or online media in general, but it kind of makes you feel like you're irrelevant. That's a good way. That alienation isn't isn't even accurate. Irrelevant is is the word I'm going for here, I think. Feeling irrelevant in the world. How do we how do we reconnect in a way that we do feel relevant and we do feel like we remember that we matter, right? I have the perfect solution for you. If 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 digital media, social media is not your thing. Stay busy in the real life. This is the real life. Get together with people in person as much as you can. Make plans. Get out and do stuff. Perfect example. I went on a little vacation a couple weeks ago. Got lost in the wilderness. I mean, not literally. Honestly, I never feel lost, you guys. I, I, I do have a really good sense of direction, but I never feel like I'm lost. Even if I'm out hiking and I'm not quite sure I'm going the right way on a trail, which actually happened to us, but... I never really feel like I'm stuck somewhere. I I always feel like I'm going to find somebody or I'm going to find my way somewhere. You know what I mean? But yeah, getting, getting lost in the wilderness, so to speak, and disconnecting on purpose so nobody can reach you on your phone or online or whatever and just indulging in the things that are real life that we've, that we've always had, that we've always had before a phone was in our pocket, that we've always had before we could call people from the car, that we've always had before we could open up a screen just about anywhere and find out anything. I sometimes wonder what life would be like right now if the internet had never come to be. Do you guys remember having to wait for ages to find out when new music was going to be released? Or having to look something up in an encyclopedia rather than going to Wikipedia? Or having to go to a family member of an older generation to understand something because you couldn't just go and look it up. I think it was more satisfying in a way because of that. And I I think it meant more. So if you're like me and you ever feel kind of like you don't understand what's happening on social media or it just kind of, maybe it disgusts you or it offends you or it it makes you, again, it makes you depressed. It, It makes you feel like you cannot relate to anyone. I urge you to put your phone down, shut your computers off and get out and start doing things that are real, that are tangible. As much as you can, every opportunity where you can safely do it, you should, even if it's just taking a drive. That's another idea I have. I want to talk about road trips. I want to talk about the importance of a good road trip, even if it's short and what it can do for your brain and your relaxation. Because I don't know about you guys, but I love to drive. I have loved to drive since I got my 1970 Super Beetle. Yes, I had a Volkswagen. (laughs) That was my dream car, a Beetle. And it was cobalt blue with a white racing stripe. And it had the little hooded eyelid look. So, And it was only on one light though. So I had that little eyelid looking metal thing on one of my headlights and my horn didn't work. So I had to, I had a handheld thing that I would stick out the window (laughs) and the heater didn't work and the clutch cable broke way too many times. But ever since I had that car and it was a stick, I miss manual transmission so bad. Ever since I had that car, I love to drive. I love to drive. And 
it, it does something for my brain that is incredibly relaxing, especially when I can just listen to music and kick back. There's something about it. I, I've read that comment from a lot of people that they, they just like to get out and drive. In fact, a forum that I frequent, it's actually a publication I frequent, I'm sorry, not a forum, but somebody, we were talking about gas prices going up and somebody was saying, yeah, I, I've gotten into this wonderful habit of getting out and just taking a drive, but I've had to cut back because gas prices where I live have, have gotten kind of high. But yeah, driving is great. Anything that you can do to stay active in real life is great. Plus, it's better for you to just get out and move anyway, right? But it's about the people too. When I went on those hikes on that little vacation a couple of weeks ago, I was with my two best friends. And having that, you guys, I realized that the entirety of the vacation while we were hiking, when we were back in the room and having dinner and laughing and talking like crazy, I didn't have... I didn't have any urge to get on to like social channels and check things. I was making notes about stuff because I was keeping a little journal and I was also checking a couple things like my podcast stuff because I can't tear myself away. But I wasn't, I didn't care about the rest of it. I didn't care about the noise. I did not care about the noise because so much of the online world is noise. And I think it's good to step away from that chatter and that buzz. It's like a constant buzz inundation. We don't need that. We do not need that. We, we need to get out and away. <sighs> so that is it, guys. I just wanted to talk about the alienation, the irrelevancy that you might feel when you don't feel like, when you feel like you're outside that circle. Circle of trust. <laughs> That's a running joke between my husband and I. Circle of trust. I'm going to talk about trust too. That's another thing I want to touch more on because I am so slow to trust and it's quick to lose it with me if you do X, Y, Z, right? But yeah, how does my how does my history, how does my childhood, how does my uh, my relationship with my family members, my friends from a young age, how does that inform my trust factor, right? That, that's, this is the human psyche stuff I like to talk about. What makes us who we are on a very deep character building level? Because everything informs how we think and how we react and how we behave from a very young age. Anyway, that is for another time. Keep yourselves alive. And I promise you, if you feel weird or like an outcast or like an outsider, you are not alone. No, 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 no. There's, there's a lot of us, I think. And I'm here with you. Drop me a line. If you want to hear me talk about more stuff specifically about this, let me know because I could, I could ramble on about a lot of this stuff for quite a bit. And if it's, if it's therapeutic, it's definitely cathartic for me. So if it's therapeutic for you, if it just kind of helps you feel like you've got someone out there that understands, that's cool. And I'm here. So I'll be back next time. I promise it'll be a Queen Deep Dive kicking off side two of Queen's 77 News of the World. Yeah, it's going to be a great song. It's, it's going to be fun. Yes, I really do love it. It's, it's going to be a great song to cover and interesting to cover. I, I anticipate it'll be a little bit like Brian May's White Man from the previous album, A Day at the Races, which is kind of controversial itself for cultural reasons 
and race reasons and all of those things, right? There's, there's a lot of depth in that song that goes back a ways. And I touched on that. I, I don't need to talk about that any, anymore. If you're really interested about that, then go back to that episode and, and see what it was all about. But I, I had a lot of fun talking about that, kind of the seriousness of certain accusations that might be behind it, actually. And yeah, it inspired me to touch some other things that are a little bit more stressful to talk about, tension. I don't know. Anyway, it's helpful. It helps me feel more confident about things. So... I cannot stop saying so. I'm going to try. I'm going to keep trying. Okay. All right, guys. I was actually working on some of my music earlier today, so I think I'm going to get back at that, but I will be back again next time. And hopefully I can keep up with my goal of doing these every so often because, yeah, the moment I start working on the music, guys, I can literally go for hours and forget to do everything but the music. And pretty soon it's like one o'clock in the morning and I haven't done anything else with my day, which is not a bad thing. But yeah, if the podcasts start to fall off a little bit, I apologize in advance because that is why. And before I talk too much more about anything else, goodbye. <laughs>